It's awards day. It is time to find out who the Locked on Reds hitter of the year is. We're also going to find out who the winner of the coveted Locked on Reds pitcher of the year award is. And also, we will dig into who is the winner of the most obscure of the obscure X Reds. That's all today on the Locked on Reds podcast. Roll the intro. You are Locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this club into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms on today's episode. It is time for the locked on reds podcast to officially hand out its awards, best hitter, best pitcher, and the guy who you're going to be able to regale all your friends with the fact that, you know, this guy's name, uh, the most obscure red from 2022, the guy that in a few years, whenever you're trying to win a bet. You're going to be able to win that bet. We're going to pick all of those here. But first, Steve, we have got to start off with the best hitter because this, quite frankly, was the hardest to choose because there were candidates. (laughs) There were a lot of candidates, if you call candidates, people that just put on the Reds uniform and happened to get to walk across the field. So listen, we impose some rules uh, for the listeners out there. We impose some rules on ourselves as far as picking the hitter of the year. And for the hitters, it was just this. They had to have appeared in 50 games uh, for the Reds in order to be considered for hitting for hitter of the year. So with that cap put in place, we, we combed through the data. We looked at all of st- the statistics and Jeff and I came to two different conclusions about who we think the hitter of the year is. So I'm going to uh, announce mine first and we'll debate it a little bit and then move on to Jeff's for me. Uh, the hitter of the year for the Cincinnati Reds is a guy that only managed to play half a season in Cincinnati. He's currently still going strong in the playoffs for the San Diego Padres. That is Brandon Drury. Listen, while that while this guy was here, while he was in Cincinnati, he absolutely mashed for this team in a way that nobody expected. They surprised everybody, but what a year. Slash line of 274, 335, 520. Uh, That was from 20 home runs, Jeff. He led the team in homers, and he was only here half a year. Nobody else was even close. 59 RBIs, that was all good for an OPS plus, Jeff, of 128. 28% above league average for your Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, Brandon Drury really performed well for the time that he was a Cincinnati Red, especially for a guy that whenever the Reds acquired him in spring training were just like, all right, sure, whatever, who cares? And then he came out of nowhere, and he's the big bopper. He's the guy that nobody else could match. And you're talking about some interesting candidates that really didn't even get close to that home run total. Of course, Joey Votto wasn't healthy this year, and Tommy Pham wasn't on the team for much longer than Brandon Drury was. And some other guys who were here for a while just couldn't quite get the long ball rolling. So yes, you look back on that. He had the power, but he also had quite a few other good hits, good clutch hits. He was not the kind of guy that was an easy out 
in this lineup, which you couldn't say that about many of the guys, especially, you know, after the trade deadline, this lineup absolutely missed Brandon jury. It's kind of hard to argue with that. I got a cup. I got another thought though on that, but yeah, I, I think it's a strong pick. And, you know, uh, I think the reds also did a good job of, of buying super, super low and then selling, when his value could not have been higher, they got a tremendous return for him from the Padres. I think it worked out for the best for Brandon Drury. You know, our, our Reds, locked on Reds hitter of the year. He got to go out to San Diego. He's playing in the playoffs right now. The Reds got a great prospect in return. I think everybody came away happy from this particular relationship between the Reds and Brandon Drury. Now, I will say this because I've got a couple other names I'm thinking of. Two guys who have been trying to narrow down as to who I think is the better of the two. When I look at both of these guys, they both had decent years. Now one had a better OPS plus than the other. It's just, uh, one played a lot more. Kyle farmer had 145 games. Nobody else came close as far as longevity as fall, as far as how many games they played. I think Nixon Zell was second on the team in games played. If that tells you anything about how many guys actually got into this lineup, but Kyle Farmer was the stalwart. Kyle Farmer, toward the end of the season, was batting third. We can debate as to where he would be. He wouldn't bat third on a good team, but he was the middle-of-the-order kind of guy for the Cincinnati Reds. And because of his longevity, I'm going to go with Kyle Farmer. I tried my darndest to argue this. I tried my darndest to pick anybody else. I was thinking Jake Fraley because Jake Fraley also had a pretty solid season, played 68 games and only had two homers less than Kyle Farmer did in 145. But I think that Kyle Farmer just did it enough for long enough. Now, we are talking about a guy who had an OPS plus below 100. So that's kind of where my stomach turns a little bit that I have decided to pick Kyle Farmer because you have, and, and, and with our... our um, self-imposed rule at 50 games. I could have picked Tyler Stevenson. He played 50 games. I could have picked, um, uh, Jake Fraley as well. And I could have agreed with your Brandon jury, but I feel like Kyle farmer was the leader of this lineup. And although he didn't quite have the numbers that you would just absolutely fawn over, he was the most consistent part of a lineup that was anything but consistent. Well, this is not a shocking pick for you i don't think because we've already named kyle farmer the 2022 team mvp as far as we were concerned based wow. on a lot of the things you just said the fact that you know he played the most games he was pretty consistent defensively he played he played well in the field uh which is something to say for a lot of the guys that the reds trotted out on this infield so i mean i can see it for me I think if I'm forced to choose between the two guys you just mentioned, Farmer or Fraley, I think I go with Fraley just based on the fact that Jake Fraley's OPS plus was 18% above league average in a much shorter period of time. Yes, but uh, Fraley really performed. And then you look at a larger lens of the intangibles, the, the gamer, the ball player, the MVP, then you go and you give that award to Kyle Farmer. But I can see why I can see why you made the pick that you that you made. 
And that's where this conversation gets really strange, right? Because we're talking about the best hitter. We're talking about the most valuable hitter in the lineup. And I think that the reason that I would have picked Jake Fraley is because I'm like, well, he's got a better future. He's got more upside in his future than Kyle Farmer does. But again, that doesn't talk about his performance from this year. Plus, you also look at Kyle Farmer, you say he's a clubhouse leader. He's a guy that everybody gravitates toward on this team. But again, that doesn't have anything to do with his production at the plate this year, I still, I look at it and I just say, I give it to the guy that played more. I give it to the guy that was in this lineup more and, and yeah, health played a role in Jake Fraley, not being in this lineup more because it was very evident early on this season that he was going to be a big part of this team. But I think when I just break it down, I, I got to give it to Kyle Farmer. I don't love the pick, but that is, I, mean, I, I think that he provided a gritty performance this year. Not necessarily a performance we're going to look back on and be like, holy crap, remember 2022 Kyle Farmer? But I think that when you look at the rest of the team, he provided the best and most consistent hitting performances i don't know let's talk about something he's, he's a ball player jeff he's a gamer he is a gamer put the c on his chest that's what barry larkin says my god this is what i know for sure god help us if the the selections next season are like they were this season here's hoping for a much better offensive performance in 2023 hopefully all right you heard our picks for hitter of the year coming up we are going to talk pitcher of the year but first, if you want to win the award for the best dress listener of the year, get yourself a dress shirt from Rome. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. Mobility is everything. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. Looking good is easy. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. Odor-free tech with Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner all together. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on to save 20% off of your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to Roan, R-H-O-N-E.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. That's 20% off. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Upgrade your closet with Roan. And use the promo code locked on to save 20% at www.roan.com slash locked on. All right, coming up next week, uh, I'm going to be joined by Mo Edgar. We're going to do a two parter, me and Mo talking about uh, some Reds related topics, some semi Reds related topics with a little bit of off the beaten path. Because as you know, whenever you get together with Mo, you never know what is going to happen. 
All right, Jeff, let's dive back into the awards show. We should be having a banquet. There should be like a food spread. We should be having drinks. Uh, you know, I feel like we should be in bow ties, something. I don't know. It's the seltzer. award show. That does not count. My God, what is going on over there? Where is the nectar of Kentucky when you need it? All right, picture of the year, Jeff. Let's do it. Uh, I went first last time. I'm going to throw to you. Tell us who your pick is for the 2022 Cincinnati Reds pitcher of the year. If you have been listening to the Locked on Reds podcast this year, this pick will not come as any sort of surprise because he came from absolutely nowhere. He came from the last guy on the roster to being the most important guy in this bullpen. That's right. For the 2022 best pitcher award, I'm going to the bullpen and picking Alexis Diaz. Let me tell you a little bit about Diaz because there's a few stats. He may not know per baseball reference. He led the team in war. Yeah. In the baseball reference calculation of war, he tied Luis Castillo with 3.1 wins above replacement, a relief pitcher. And in his 63 and two thirds innings, he kept a clean scoreboard in 49 out of 59 appearances. In fact, he only gave up multiple runs. Like he only gave up two or more runs twice. He had a two run outing and a three run outing everywhere else was one run or no runs. That's the kind of accountability. That's the kind of reliability that you can plan on with Alexis Diaz out of the bullpen. Plus he only gave up five home runs in those 63 and two thirds innings. He pitches in great American small park. Steve, if you only give up five home runs, when you pick pitch in great American ballpark, you should be commended for it. The bullpen has its ACE and his name is Alexis Diaz. And he is the best pitcher on this staff in 2022. Well, everything you said is hard to argue with. Listen, uh, for a guy to be a rookie and come from the last man in the pin to now being someone that you and I are relying on to be the stopper, to be the the last man out of the bullpen when the game is on the line. That's a tremendous outcome for Alexis Diaz. Uh, you're right. We do need to get him an intro because it would have been great to yes. kind of roll that music when you announced his name. Looking forward to whatever they come up with for him for next season. Uh, but here's the thing. A word of caution. He was the best pitcher in a very, 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 very bad bullpen on an even worse team. So he didn't get challenged a lot with the high leverage situations that we hope he gets to pitch in next season. So for me to label him pitcher of the year, I don't know if I can go that far now because of the pick that I landed on for pitcher of the year, I would be happy to give him the rookie of the year award for the reds if we were doing that which we're not doing that today but uh, i would maybe go that route because for me he still has some stuff to prove and i think there's at least one other arm in this bullpen that proved itself more valuable or not in this bullpen in this pitching staff that proved itself more valuable all right i'm, I'm intrigued to hear that because when I look at Alexis Diaz and I see what he brings to this bullpen, there, there's something that they haven't had in a couple of years. And um, for uh, those of uh, us uh, baseball fans that would like to uh, count this statistic, um, who had the most wins on the uh, pitching staff? Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. It's Alexis Diaz. He also led yes. the team in saves. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, yep, he yep. did. 
I, do, remember, I divulge. Yeah. I don't know if they still do this, but back in the day, Jeff, because um, you always like to point out that I'm just a skosh older than you. They used to do like <laughs> the fireman of the year. The, the yes, the, the Rolades so, relief man yes, of the year. That yeah. would be Alexis Diaz. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally on board with that because clearly there was nobody better consistently throughout the season coming out of the bullpen than your guy, Alexis Diaz. But for pitcher of the year, for the best pitcher on this staff, I, I immediately started with the, the line being Luis Castillo. And the reason for that was that 3.1 wins above replacement that you mentioned. And I looked long and hard at that and thought, you know, was he the best performing pitcher of the year? And he had a lot of great starts and ultimately led to the Reds getting a haul for him uh, when he went on his way to Seattle and shout out to Luis and continued success in the playoffs, we hope. But I wanted to go with a guy that was still on the team. Uh, I had already picked Brandon Drury as hitter of the year, a guy that was long gone from the Cincinnati Reds. So for me, I wanted to dial in on a pitcher that was here, that was here for the entire year, and that will be here for a, a long time to come. Uh, that, of course, led me to the two rookie pitchers, Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green. And I evaluated both of their performances over the entire year. Uh, and in doing that, I settled in on Nick Lodolo being the Cincinnati Reds pitcher of the year. In 19 games started, he pitched a career high for him, 103 and a third innings of Major League Baseball. That was good for a 3.66 ERA uh, for the FIP adjustment. Uh, it goes up just a little bit at 3.9. Here's where it gets good. 131 strikeouts, 39 walks. Let me say that again. 131 strikeouts, 39 walks, and a large portion of that walk-to-strikeout ratio was skewed in the early starts of the season. If you take second-half Nick Lodolo, he was a beast. He was amazing, and he just got better every single time out. Uh, one, one little drawback for him is he hit 19 batters, but he talked openly about it. You know, he's working on that back foot slider, man, and, and th they call it that because – it hits the back foot. back foot. And that's exactly what he did a lot of the times. Uh, the reason that I went with Lodolo over Green. Hunter Green came up with a tremendous amount of hype. I think we weren't fair to Hunter Green with the amount of pressure and the amount that we put on him before he had ever thrown a big league pitch. And yeah. then you've got Nick Lodolo, who is starting out in that shadow with, we've got Hunter Green. Oh, yeah, and that other guy, Nick Lodolo, he might pitch also. Uh, Nick Lodolo was clearly nervous. In his first start, he was he was not on his game. The adrenaline got the best of him. And then he went nowhere but up from there. Every start out better than the last. Every start became appointment Reds baseball, much like it was for us when Luis Castillo was taking the mound. He replaced Luis Castillo, which I didn't think was going to be possible from one of these rookies this season, but Nick Lodolo delivered and he has just left me wanting to see more innings from him, wanting to see more starts from him. And I can't wait to see what he does in 2023. And who was it that left him off their top uh, 100 prospects list? I think that was uh, Keith Law. Yeah, Keith Law. Well, yeah, you, yeah. you just got blocked. <laughs> <laughs> he was wrong about that. My gosh. Yeah, Nick Lodolo was absolutely phenomenal. And I'll, I'll definitely give this to you. Like, that was one thing about Alexis Diaz is that he did have some struggles with the walks. Again, that was more early on in the season than later on in the season. But still, Alexis Diaz had 33 walks in 63 innings. And Nick Lodolo had 39 walks in 103 innings. So that was, you know, 
huge difference there. I do look at Lodolo and everything that he has done. And I love, like, I know the hit by pit, the hit batsman thing kind of sticks out to some folks, but again, that's a guy you got to watch to know that those hit batsmen don't mean anything because he absolutely does not care if they get out of the way or not of that back foot slider, because he's struck out probably as many, if not more than he has hit with that back foot slider. And there's been a couple of guys that like you watch it and they will swing and then it'll hit them in the back foot, but Hey, they swung. So it's a strike. Uh, the talent that he has shown and, and the poise on the mound as well. He does not look like he gets rattled. If he does, he's internalizing it very, very well. The way that he has been able to pitch. And, and I agree with you uh, when you compare him and Hunter green, Hunter green threw 25 more innings or 24 more innings than he did. But Nick Lodolo was the better of the two. And that's why I, I, the early, you know, fan club leader for Nick Lodolo opening day starter, because it's going to be one of those two guys. And I really think Lodolo should be rewarded for the way he progressed through this season. I really think that, that he delivered on uh, what the expectation of him was. And then he went out and exceeded it. So I, I'm really excited and, and, and don't get me wrong. I can't wait to see what Hunter green comes back with. I think right. we're going to be in a situation where these two guys continue to push each other. And it's going to be one, a one B with, them alternating throughout the course of their entire careers in Cincinnati. And we'd love to hear from you guys as well. If you're watching here on YouTube, drop us a line in the comments section who you think the best hitter and the best pitcher have been for the Reds in 2022. And uh, if you're uh, listening to us on your favorite app, tweet at us at Jeff Carr with three F's and at S Offenbaker with two F's. And Steve, I just noticed that I had like the wrong name tags on there. So yeah, there we go. We'll flip that yeah, to I'm, the right. I'm Steve. The handsome right. one is Steve. <laughs> Over here. Over here. Well, that's debatable. The one with the I good think. hair. We don't have enough time to debate that. Uh, <laughs> we are now done with the performance-based awards. We are going to jump into an award that I love and I think a friend of the show will love as well. Who is the most obscure red from 2022? Who will you be able to wow your friends with when you divulge your knowledge of this random red that they don't remember in a couple of years? That's coming up right after this because we are going to tell you, you can also follow us right here on YouTube. Make sure that you are. And if you haven't already done so click that bell to get notified. Whenever we have a new video go live, whenever we go live ourselves, we're going to do this more often throughout the off season where we have a live show that you can interact with us, give us questions, give us comments and things like that. Uh, because we love talking reds baseball and we love it even more when you talk with us, which you can do in the comment section, but Steve, we, we've, we've talked about performance stuff. We've talked about hitters. We've talked about pitchers. Now it's time to talk about an award in which it should be celebrated because these are the guys. And especially in a year where the Reds set records for the most players that they've ever put on a baseball diamond in the course of a 162 game season. These are the guys that made it the guys who had major league careers, albeit as short as they might've been, but they made it. They, they did something that you and I did not do. However, there's a very large possibility that no one will remember who they are in probably six months, maybe two months. I don't know. It just depends on how it all goes, but we have a couple of ideas as to who is the most obscure red from 2022. Take it away, my friend. 
Well, you want to talk about having a lot of players to choose from. Uh, as you <laughs> mentioned, this was a season in which the Red used more players than ever before. And so there was a large uh, amount of people we could pick from. And if you've listened to the show, much like if people were listening, they knew you were going to pick Alexis Diaz as the pitcher of the year. There was no doubt about it. Anybody that has listened to this show since the Reds played in Toronto, no that I am going to go with obscure X red. May he never wear a red Jersey again. Taylor modder that modder whoop beep. There he is on the screen for the YouTube viewers. Ty Taylor. I always want to call him Tyler Taylor modder. He played in two games for the Reds in 2022 during that series in Toronto. So I think a lot of people may not even know he existed. It was an away, an away trip to a foreign land. Uh, everybody was focused on Joey Votto's homecoming, and people just may forget that this guy was there. Let's talk about his performance in his whopping two games played for your Cincinnati Reds. A negative 0.2 war. That's right. Jeff and I both have a better wins above replacement this year <laughs> than Taylor Motter. He was one for six. Listen to the slash line, Jeffrey. It is, it's just for, for like the OCD people that have to have things Nice and neat and uniform. Here you go. Slash line for Mr. Motter. 167, 167, 167. That's good for an OPS plus of negative nine. Now here, I'm going to hit you <laughs> with... I'm going to hit you with an amazing statistic related to Taylor Motter. This blew my mind. Those two games in Toronto became the fifth year that he appeared in a major league baseball game i couldn't believe it he has been popping in and out of the majors since 2018 blew my mind uh if we were giving out more awards today though jeff i would give this guy one more award he would be the winner of the mike moustakis lack of defense award you know <laughs> if mike moustakis didn't play for this team also <laughs> yeah, he is a he's a dude that his presence on this team was necessitated by the fact that you couldn't go into Canada if you didn't have documented proof of your vaccinations. And there were multiple players that didn't have that because they whether whether they did or they didn't get the vaccine, it's, it's neither here nor there. But that's what happened. That's why the Reds had to play Taylor Motter in two games and, and i i put that picture up on the screen again if you're watching on youtube that is taylor motter swinging at a pitch you can't really see his face or anything but you remember the long or hair the that, ball. That's, you can't see the ball you can't in see the, the ball picture. either i think it's i think it's in the catcher's mitt probably but this is um what he looks like just in case you did not know all right steve so taylor motter obviously very good candidate i got a better one for you now he also played in two games however he didn't start the first game that he played in he was a pinch hitter in the first game he played and went over one as that pinch hitter he has been in the major leagues for six years i don't even know how this happens because for the last two years he's played in six total games he is jt riddle riddle me this riddle me that but yes, two games, four at-bats this year. He had one hit, so he had as many hits as Taylor Motter, but he had a better slash line because he was 250, 250, 250 on his winner, slash winner, line. chicken dinner. Oh, my gosh. He was absolutely on fire in the four at-bats that he had. And he played third base uh, against the Cardinals for one game. That was back on April 24th. Hey, the Reds won that game, so he's got 
fond memories of that. And just for the folks that are on YouTube, if you're listening, sorry about this, but on YouTube, here's a picture of him. By the way, that's in a twins uniform because there were no pictures of him in a reds uniform. Uh, cause he was just here that long. Uh, but yeah, again, six games in the last two years between the twins and the reds, 10 total at bats that that's the kind of like hang on ability that like, I, I think that I, I, um, envy a little bit because I don't know how you get major league at bats when you just didn't have them last year, but JT riddle has done that. He is my nominee for the most obscurest obscure red of 2022. I'll be honest. I had to go look up if this was even a real person when you threw this name out here. I had absolutely no recollection of him at all. And I knew at least like moderate would be in some people's mind because I talk smack about him all the time when I talk about bad defense and people that didn't belong well, he on made a major error, roster. Right? Yeah. He made that error and, and people that sticks in their mm-hmm. minds, the error like JT Riddle didn't do anything. That's why you know what there's no picture of him. Nobody's going to remember that, but that's why I wanted to shout him out because that's where I get uh, my most obscurest obscure red for the season. But we would like to know if, if anybody, and, and maybe you want to go with Raynell Espinal. Um, maybe, maybe you want to go with the fact that Ross Detweiler was on this team, although he pitched a few more games, but he's still going to be a good obscure red. I'd be interested to know what Ken's thoughts on this are and, and who his first Jersey purchase is whenever he gets to uh Reds fest, because it's going to be quite interesting. He's got a roster to choose from uh, and all from just this year. Oh, yeah, he's going broke, brother. Going broke. (laughs) Well, I think that's going to be a good spot for us to end it here, Steve. Thank you so much for everyone joining us on today's episode. I know you got some big stuff coming up here, Steve. Why don't you tell the folks about it? That's right. Make sure you tune in next Monday and Tuesday. I'm sitting down with uh, the one and only. Uh, Some of his tags recently have said things like legendary sports talk host, although that could be debated by him even the one and only Mo Egger joins the show. And listen, I Mo's been on locked on reds many times before when it was just Jeff, he was on reds alert with me before I came over. It is always a good time when you sit down and talk baseball with Mo, because you just never quite know what kind of tangent he's going to go on and what kind of things he might have to say. So if you want to find out what Mo has to say about a lot of different things, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you've clicked that notification bell. Those episodes drop early next week. Absolutely. And now go make your second listen locked on MLB because Sully has you covered on the MLB playoffs with his unique perspective and plenty of humor on the locked on MLB podcast. That is just like locked on reds free and available on all platforms. Steve, we've got the awards ceremony out of the way. And we have talked about who is staying on this roster next year, at least the players we have confidence in that. So there's plenty more to talk about as to what the Reds have planned for the off season. What's that mean for you and me? That means we're going to start digging into these players. We're going to talk about what they've done, what they need to do, and what we hope will happen with them as we continue to move towards 2023, because you and me are going to be locked on Reds all along the way.